Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. On today's episode, myself and Simon were joined by Danny Murphy. We speak about the continuing drama involving PSG and Kylian Mbappe. Phil Kishramalidis from La Liga TV reacts to Jude Bellingham joining Real Madrid. We question whether or not Steven Gerrard is heading to Saudi Arabia and is that the best thing for his managerial career? And West Ham coach Kevin Nolan came into the studio to look back in the club's Europa Conference League victory. Simon, one story that doesn't go away at the moment and it centres on, yeah, you got it, killing Mbappe. So we, di- we discussed this yesterday. Mbappe's told PSG he'll not be renewing his contract beyond 2024 and he'll resist any attempts to sell him this summer. PSG say he must extend his deal, which expires next June, mm-hmm. or they will offload him now to avoid losing him for nothing. Simon, it's all got very messy, isn't it? I mean, the club briefing against the player, the player briefing against the club. Here's the situation. I mean, would it put anybody off going after him now if any of the big guns? I mean, when it comes down to it, is he the boy that might stop Manchester City's further dominance? And if he is, is he worth going for with all the baggage that seemingly goes with him? And I'm talking about maybe the soon-to-be Qatari-owned Manchester United, if that is the case. Maybe Bully and Chelsea. Maybe... Somebody else. Arsenal. You, you mean from the point of view of bringing him into English football? Right. Well, he's a remarkable talent. I mean, I'm, I'm not entirely sure there's very much wrong with what he's done besides deciding that you needed to debrief the media first. And he's got a contract, and if he wants to leave, he can leave. And if he doesn't want to sign a new contract, he doesn't have to sign a new contract. True. He's under no obligation to do so. And, and this debate about what he's doing and why he's doing it and what the underlying reasons for it are, are steeped in conjecture which is he wants to leverage PSG into buying better players and to fulfilling their obligations to try and be the dominant force in European football. That's a narrative that's being advanced, and it may be right, but the only issue in this is is that he's gone and briefed a newspaper. And I don't quite understand why he would feel the necessity to do that, but I, I would imagine it's because he wants to position himself in the best possible way. He wants to do what David Sullivan has just done with Declan Rice. He wants to control the narrative. He wants to control the direction of travel. Well, does he? He said it was leaked. And it has nothing to do with well, him. He's, he's, what, I'm, what I've read and heard is he's responding, isn't he? He's responding to the accusations and the report that he wants to join Real Madrid. So he wrote on Twitter, that's lies. 
And then there was a statement from Mbappé or Mbappé's people. Now, he's leaked a letter. He's leaked a letter to a newspaper. He's leaked it? Well, it's been leaked. It's been leaked. I mean, I don't know who could have leaked it, but somebody within his circle mm. has done it. So Probably that a would, big circle. Well, maybe it is, but not. why would a big circle have access to a letter that's been, that's been ultimately drafted by people that are very close to him? So that circle has been chosen to be widened because it deflects from the reality of potentially the motivation being his agent or someone around him mm. that will have done it. No one would have done it without killing Mbappe's knowledge. But he says PSG have known about this desire well, to go... For a year now. Someone's yeah. lying. Someone's not telling the truth, but it's kind of irrelevant because the position is exactly what Simon said. Mbappe is in a position now where even if PSG want to sell him, which I would imagine they do, because you'd want to get some money. If from he him. doesn't want to go, he won't go. Exactly. So it's all in it. It's all on him. This is it. This is the this is the ridiculousness of football. We've, it's all on we've him. created little monsters and then wonder why they behave like little monsters. You know, you've given them this ridiculous financial landscape. You've given this belief that actually they are the start, the middle and the end of everything. Mm. And talent, of course, drives it. We all know that the talent is part of the actual outcome that needs to be at the front of the queue for economic rewards. But when you start moving into the territory of allowing the lunatics to run the asylum, then you get what you've got. Yeah. And although, although you're, you're, you're going back to the point, what, if he did leave, although he's a wonderful talent, I can't, whatever team you could put him in, I still don't think they, they match City. Just sell him. If, so I, I agree. if I'm PSG, just sell yeah, him. Yeah, I would. But, but what if he says no? 200 million quid, off you go. Fantastic. Absolutely. We'll buy somebody else. You need Absolutely. a buyer though, don't you? And if there is a buyer out there, what, what, if there is a buyer out there, which there inevitably will be, it'll be about a price. Everyone will try and chisel the price into a perspective that maximum benefit for them. The agents will try and get as much money out as they possibly can. And Bappi, we already know. We sat in a car with his agent between games in Qatar nearly falling off our chairs to be told what this kid's getting on a weekly basis, um, which is double-digit di- double millions. Incredible. Um, and, of course, that's now for- that's actually looking like underpaid mm-hmm. with what we're actually seeing going on in Saudi, Saudi now yeah. with some of the ridiculousness that's over there. Yeah. But if I'm PSG, I think there's an element of Middle Eastern ownership that wants to operate in a certain way and s- expects its staff to behave and toe the line because that's how Middle Eastern ownership operates. They don't like being questioned. They don't like having things done out of kilter with the way they they think they should be. Hence the reasons why the Saudis or the UAE ownership of Manchester City has a perspective about how it has to answer charges from UEFA or how it has to answer chances from the Premier League. Actually, it gets quite irritated by the the indignation it feels about having people having the audacity to ask them. I think there's an element of this with PSG. This is a player that's running out of contract and, and ultimately the balance is shifting into him. That's it. That's all. That's all there is to so it. So just sell him. Sell him. Get money for him, but just sell him. Sell him. Why, why, why don't you want to sell him? Because he's a French player playing for the Paris for PSG and all that goes with it. Yeah. You, you can't manage the situation. It's he unmanageable. Needs to, he needs but to Danny, go. He's, he's, in he's the, the X-factor for any Premier League club. If you want to stop City's domination, surely he's the man to bring in. If United want to win this thing next season, surely if Liverpool want to get back on top, well, he won't go. Find Liverpool. the money and buy him back. If United, United's a more realistic one, but I don't think he'd go there. I don't think he wants to come to England. Even I if the Qataris get their hands in the club, maybe, but I and change it. He from would. Top he, to he would help them, of course. His talent is undoubted. Is undoubted. Yeah. he's just an amazing footballer. But from his from a footballing perspective, which is the way I like to look at it, if I was him, I'd be wanting a new challenge. He's too comfortable there. Mm. Too easy for him. I'm looking at the situation here, Simon, and if you take on Mbappe. At this particular stage in his career, you're taking on an army of representatives. You're taking on an absolute muddle in terms of the finances that go with him. Is he worth the trouble, the baggage, the everything that goes with Kylian Mbappe and the circus that follows him around? If the, if we 
um, believe the characterization that we put on it there, that there is this baggage that goes with him. This is a boy that's a superstar in France. It's his home country, so he's got extra leverage in the way that people perceive him. He's got extra uh, responsibilities and expectations upon him. He is a player that's being bought for huge amounts of money, being touted for huge amounts of money. I, I just think it's the nature of the beast with, with certain footballers that you have this challenge with them. They all come with it if they're at this level. If you're trying to buy Messi, okay, his father was involved, but it was still a convoluted process. If you're trying to deal with Ronaldo, look what happened there. And ultimately, the fact that he ends up doing an interview with Piers Morgan to extricate himself from a contract with Man United. It's priced in. But he's a he's he's to me, it's give him to Real Madrid. They deserve it. That's how they operate. That's <laughs> and everything little, that goes with them. It's, it's, the only place, it's the only place he's going. It's yeah, just a matter yeah. of when. Yeah. What would you do, Simon, if you're Nasser Al-Khalafi today? Sell him. Simple as. Yeah. Try to. Try to sell him. Try to get a situation into play. Depends how offended you are, depends how affronted you are, and depends how much of this is reality rather than conjecture through the media. Would you be briefing against the players they're doing? No, not really. I, I would be having a word with the player and saying, we need to find a resolution to this because I'm not going to let you run this down. You're not going to run out the door and leave me with having had a huge wage bill, yeah, a huge amount of investment. Says, yes, I am. Well, we'll see how that plays out and we'll see if Roll that's what dice. you're really going to do. And if that's what you're really going to do, then maybe I'll do something you don't expect. Like? Like not allow you to be played and park you in the reserves and take a real... Now, that's a really, really highfalutin stance. But if you then position yourself, if NASA was pre prepared to do that, because mm. he's got the money to turn out people's lights, he's got more money than Kylian Mbappe, isn't he? Yeah. The guy in the room with the most oh, money no, is always it would the be guy strong. that comes out uh, yeah, with the, with why the, with the why control. Not? So I tell you what, son, you want to play that game. You want to play that game Let's with play, me. Yeah, with me. With yeah. me, of all people. Yeah. You know, I put you economically where you are. Mm. So let's get this some context on this. We'll do this the nice way, some or respect. we'll do it the hard way. Some uh, respect. Uh, yeah. uh, one, one predicts that there will be more chapters to this story yet. Hard edged, hard nosed, hard to beat. Outspoken with White and Jordan. It's all happening out there. Uh, a lot going on in the world of football. Big player movement today. The window is now open and Real Madrid, not for the first time in their history, have written the biggest headline of the lot because in the last few moments, Real Madrid have now officially signed Jude Bellingham. He is a Real Madrid player and the fee is in the region of 115 million quid. It's a six-year deal. And this, as I understand it, is the talk of Madrid this lunchtime. Phil Kitramalides, uh, of course, of La Liga TV, once of Real Madrid TV, is all over this. Phil, good morning to you. What can you tell us? I take it uh, there is a buzz around the Bernabeu. Yeah, there certainly is. I mean, now it's been officially confirmed by Real Madrid. We were waiting to see when they were going to confirm it because Borussia Dortmund had confirmed the sale uh, last uh, uh, last week. So we knew it was happening, but we were just waiting for Real Madrid to uh, to um, do whatever they needed to do to um, to make sure that they could announce it. And now it's been announced, and it is a very, very exciting signing because of his age, because of his quality, and because what it means for the Real Madrid midfield, which has been historic it's been unbelievably successful but it is in need of a bit of a rehaul and they've been um, they've been working on that they brought in Camavinga they brought in Chamonix they've got Fede Valverde and now they might have the best of the lot in uh, in Jude Bellingham where's he going to play because um, obviously Modric signed another year 
I don't know if Cruz has. You might be able to. You've got Camavinga, Chiuameni, and Valverde plays. I know Valverde can play right wing as well, but he's been playing as a three with Cruz and Modric, hasn't he? Yeah, um, but Modric hasn't actually uh, officially signed um, a. Uh, Is he not? One year. He's not. And he was actually asked yesterday in the Croatian press conference about his future. And it would be very easy to say, yeah, yeah I'm going to stay with Real Madrid for another year. And he said, no, I'm not going to talk about that. So mm, there is a little bit mm. of speculation that there might be there might be a um, uh, an offer from Saudi Arabia for Luka Modric, which he's thinking about. So uh, Bellingham would be the natural replacement, I think, for uh, for Modric. And yeah, he'll, he'll slot into a midfield three. They have at times played with a with a four, with Bede Valverde being that fourth midfielder on the right wing. But mm. yeah, he'll go into that midfield three, at, you know, in theory with Camavinga and and, uh, and Chamini. Does this not prove that the lure of Real Madrid is still as appealing and as strong as it ever was, Phil? Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe I'm not the most impartial person. I try to be, but obviously I live here, I work in Spanish football. I would like to think that there is still a lure of, 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 of Spanish football, but it's true. When Real Madrid go for their man, they usually get it. Okay, that happened with Kylian Mbappe last season, and uh, they didn't get their man. But usually, when they go for someone, and I was told last summer they are going to go big for Jude Bellingham, and they did, and they've got him. And it's not going to be the end of the um, end of the signings. But I was looking at Real Madrid's most expensive signings in, in history. He's second behind Eden Hazard, who came from Chelsea. Third, Gareth Bale, who came from uh, Spurs, and fourth was uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, who came from uh, Manchester United. So there's been a lot of um, uh, Premier League to. to to Real Madrid over the last decade or so obviously Bellingham hasn't joined from, from the Premier League but yeah the, the, the lure of Real Madrid is, is still still pretty big Well Bellingham himself becomes the most expensive English player uh, of all time with this transfer going through in the region of 115 million quid Simon you, you, you have a tinge of sadness about this because in your mind this would have been the moment should Bellingham come back to England? I'd like to see him in English football. I don't think I, all roads lead to Real Madrid. And I understand their position in, in the order. But I'm very passionate about the Premier League and seeing our best players play in the Premier League. So I'd like to have seen him. I'd, I'd love to have seen him gone to Liverpool and play for Klopp. That's what I'd like to have seen I him I think done. it's quite unique, though, isn't it, that he's doing it? Normally we see our players develop in our own league and then head up to yeah. Europe a bit later. The fact he's doing it the other way, he could come back to the Premier League, what, he's only 19 this now? Is it, yeah. 24, 25, come back to a Liverpool, whoever it may be then, and have still a great five, six years in the Premier League where we get to see the best of him. It, I mean, that, true, true. Danny's mentioned that there. Phil, that is the astounding aspect of all of this, that the boy is still so young and has still got so much ahead of him. Yeah, I was going to say to uh, Simon, you may well get your wish. I mean, he might not go and play for Klopp. Uh, Klopp might have gone by the time he gets back to England. True. But yeah, he is so young. He is so young. that. And also, Real Madrid is a really difficult place. I mean, let's you know, we're all excited and we're thinking, you know, it's a brilliant signing. But it is difficult. He is just a teenager. It is a pressure, pressure cooker, the burnabout. So, fingers crossed, it goes amazingly well for Bellingham and, and he achieves everything that, that he hopes and dreams. But there's no guarantee that that will happen. And if it doesn't happen, then obviously the doors will com- continually be open in uh, in the Premier League to him, I'm, uh, I'm sure. Interestingly, Phil, he signed a six-year contract. We've mm. just had all this furore over here with Todd Bowley signing players on typically longer contracts and then the Premier League getting together and saying you can't sign players for longer than five years now. What, what, what's the thinking behind six years? Is it taking him past the age of 24? Is there some thinking for that? Or is it just a normal Madrid <laughs> position on younger players when they buy top talent? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, six years is relatively normal for, for Real Madrid, as you say, when they buy top talent. But I also think it's a, it's a sign to the, to the player as well. You know, it's like, this is how much we believe in you. This is how much we want you. This is how much we're willing to, to give you for this amount of time. But yeah, no, it is relatively normal for Real Madrid when they, when they sign someone and make a big investment like that. They back them by giving them these, uh, these long contracts. I mean, Eddie Hazard got a four-year contract and he was 28 and that didn't work out very well for, uh, for them. So Jude Bellingham at 19 getting a six-year contract is... Um, is pretty standard for, for Real Madrid. Protecting the asset as well. So, he... Phil, they've got, they've got Bellingham through the door. What's your gut instinct there? With everything that's going on in Paris, are they going to attempt Mbappé before the start of the season? We spoke last week, Jim, and you asked me, can you say at this moment that Harry Kane is Real Madrid's number one transfer target? And I stuttered and I said, no, I can't because there is still that guy in Paris and they still do want Kylian Mbappe. This was before this, this story had broken, but I just had the feeling that, that Mbappe might come back into the equation. And it had happened. And... They'll try. They'll try. They'll try. They'll they'll make an offer. It's it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting situation now because there's three parties all wanting to protect their own interest and all wanting to try and get what they can out of the situation, and three rather difficult parties as well. I mean, you know, PSG and Real Madrid don't get on very well. Kylian Mbappe has obviously got his own best interest at heart, and he is known to be a pretty difficult character as well. So um, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a saga. But yeah, Real Madrid are going to try, and if they don't get him this summer. I'll get him next summer. Sorry, can I just say, the only thing is with Mbappe, apparently, he didn't want to play down the middle. He doesn't want to play yeah. up front. Yeah. yeah so he yeah, goes yeah, to yeah, Madrid, no, no. where they got arguably yeah. one of the best left midfielders in the world, in Vinicius. What's he going to do? Play down the right? No, that is, uh, that is slightly, um, you know, allow me to say something, something a bit silly, but yeah, there's, there's not a place for him in the team uh, at Real Madrid. But yeah, he'll have, to, <laughs> he'll have to play down the middle, won't he? Because they've got Vinicius on the left, Rodrigo on the right, and it makes sense to get Mbappe down in that sort of Brazilian Ronaldo role of a number nine barging through the middle. But yeah, mm. maybe it's not what he wants. Danger. Flammable exchanges ahead. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Danny, from what you know, is your big pal Stephen Gerrard going to hit the ground or the desert running <laughs> when he goes to Saudi Arabia? Is he going? Well, my understanding is that it's not done. Um, but he is in talks with them to see what they've got to offer. Um, I know people automatically jump on the, the financial thing in Saudi for obvious reasons. Um, but I think he is, of course, wanting some sort of you know, reassurances as to the football side of things and the project. But yeah, he's talking with them, but it's certainly not done like some reports, is what he said to me. There's, there's, oh, Etty Fack. Yeah, and there's the family to think about and all those things. But let's say let's say he does do it. I don't think it's the end of it. I don't think it's a bad thing. Why? Well, after what Who are Al Etty Fack? Who are any of them? <laughs> I don't know. Just just one of the teams out there, aren't they? But I think he um he's been through the what he went through at Villa must have been tough and the the when you're a coach, I think you need to keep working wherever that is, as often as possible to keep getting better. It's a bit like playing. You've got to keep training and working hard, even if you're not playing every Saturday. But coaching, you've got to stay at it to get better. And you don't become a great coach in a few years. He's only been, in, he's only been doing the job a few years. He's a young coach. Yeah, I shed a load of experience now, though. Well, I, I think... Loads of it at Rangers. Not compared to a lot of the guys And a there. lot more of it at Villa. But he's in his infancy. You would What's agree. he going to learn in Saudi? Well, you learn, when you're coaching any level, you learn. Any level, and, and and if they are to bring in the quality of players they're trying to do, then he, he's going to have some good players to coach with. But it's not even about that, ju- just that, I should say. I think it's a good maybe to get away and reset. Just start, you know, build up your confidence again on the training pitch. Try some different things out in a less pressurised environment where you've got... Would we not the, take him more seriously if he if was to stay here and ply his trade mid-table championship 
Right, Stevie, let's see what you can do. Possibly. Loved you as a player. What can you really but, do as a manager? But like we alluded to with Brendan, what are the offers? How oh. do, I don't know if he's got other offers. I oh, If this is the only offer... If, Was he interviewed at Leeds? I don't know. Didn't ask him. But what what if there isn't another offer, what are you going to do? Sit down idle, doing nothing. You're better working somewhere and, and, and learning your trade and keep keep trying things out, keep working on different things, seeing what you can do. In there's, a less a mes- pre- there's a message there from Stevie. Would Danny really be saying this if he wasn't his mate? Well, no, I, I know there's a financial element, but I can't, the reason, it's not because he's a mate, it's the reason is... People will say that's the only element. I think... Who wants to go out there, bake a live, 45 degree heat? I think... Unless you're getting a ton of it. I could genuinely say, I think that's what I'd do if that was my only option. You would do what he's doing? Oh, if it was your only option? Yeah. But that's not, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it'll be his only option. I think maybe he has to reset his thinking about where he actually is in the scheme of things. The only legitimacy and validity that the Saudi Arabian Football League has is money. And if it wasn't money, if the pre, if there wasn't enough money on the table yeah. and it was a footballing decision, Stephen Gerrard wouldn't be going there. He's not going there for football reasons. Football is the conduit and the gatekeeper for it all and that gives it the justification. Which is it, the same for everyone else who's gone there. Yes, but we're talking about Stephen Gerrard yeah, at yeah. that stage of the career that he's at now and what's the best thing for him to do. I personally think, if so say I was managing, owning a football club still in the championship and a vacancy came up and Stephen Gerrard wanted to speak to me about mm. it, I would speak to him about it. You did say that, yeah. I would speak to him about it. And I wouldn't necessarily give him the job, but I would speak to him about it. So I think a lot of people would be in that space. A lot of football club owners would be in that space. Either it was out of curiosity or belief or an inherent sense of value that he did something that arranges is worth potentially talking about in the championship. But I would suspect that that may not fall into the territory of where Stephen Gerrard would like his career to go. Is this a valid way? Well, we can talk about Graham Potter being over in Ostersense, but he's not Stephen Gerrard. He doesn't come with everything that's expected of Stephen Gerrard. So it's not a fair comparison to say, well, other coaches went out to other parts of the world and learnt their trade and came back and recalibrated people's thinking about them. He comes with the advantage and the disadvantage of being Stephen Gerrard. I don't think of Stephen Gerrard the footballer anymore when I think about him as a manager. I only think about him as a manager. I couldn't care less what he was as a footballer. I only care now whether he's able to manage the charges and the task that he's put in hand and nothing about him going to Saudi Arabia will give it give him a career path in people's minds that gives him an opportunity to come back to football and be a mainstream manager in serious football in this country but what it will do what it will rebuild if it needs rebuilding which I doubt it does but let's just say for the purpose of this conversation it does it will rebuild his bank balance well yeah I, and I... that's a sad thing because I think Gerard should want to be plying his trade in a way that tests him in a certain perspective and doesn't make it about money because the money will be there if he's good. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. And three has become four. Mr. Jordan, myself, Mr. Murphy in studio. We are delighted to be joined in studio this lunchtime by a man I've known in my time in England for many years. Uh, West Ham first team coach Kevin Nolan is with us. And looking bronzed, <laughs> looking happy, looking fit, looking like Danny Murphy, you could still play at the highest level. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not too sure about that. Too much. Afternoon, though, gentlemen. It's nice to see you. Nice to be here. Good afternoon to you. <laughs> How do you begin to describe what the last few days... You, you've had a brilliant playing career, mate. Of that, there is no doubt. Newcastle fans tell me they still love you. West Ham fans love you. What's it been like for you going over there to Prague with West Ham and being part of that phenomenal achievement? Yeah, it was, I mean, still, you know, a bit speechless about it all. You know, when you actually was there and it, it happened and the way it happened, it's just like... As it, you know, you sort of come on. It's, it's a dream, you know what I mean. And for me, it was it, it was just nice for for David. It was nice for all the staff, for everyone who'd worked so hard. And I, I'd seen it for for so many years. It, 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 when you get that success, it, it's it's unbelievable. And to to know that you're in Europe again next season, after having been in Europe for the last two two years for a club like West Ham, we were striving to get there. It's just it's a massive moment, and just to get that you know silverware, you know just icing on the cake really yeah. moment. I mean, Kevin, it goes without saying there are those in this studio. I won't point any fingers <laughs> who have described the Europa Conference League trophy as a bit of a bobble. In other words, it's hardly worth winning. Are you still sticking to that now that you're in the presence of six Kevin. foot two Kevin Nolan? Kevin. That's not quite what I said. That's exactly what you said. It was characterised by myself and Martin O'Neill, right, yeah. as the third third tournament in Europe. You called it right? the Papa John's Trophy. Yes, because of you were getting on my nerves, and so was Russell, <laughs> so was Russell Brand. So yeah. I got fed up with it. I mean, this damn thing was worth winning, right? Yeah, definitely. Look, any competition, what you put into, I think. You know, at a club like West Ham, if we if we win the silverware, we're gonna, you know, party like we did, uh, and enjoy it. I, I do certainly get why people put it down there because it's the third competition in, in European football. But you know, the the clubs what we played in the end, the the, the teams who we who we faced, uh, were, you know, were big clubs, major clubs. You know, going out to Elkmar in 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 the semi finals, uh, making sure we we got through. And but to get to do it the way we did. And only you know to win the fifteen games, only draw the one. You know, it was an incredible achievement, especially after the achievement we had the year before, where we felt we let ourselves down against Frankfurt in the semis mm. in the Europa League. So to we we thought we had unfinished business in Europe, and and that was the next competition. So that was the one we wanted to go for. And by God, you know, to to get where we are and know that we're in the Europa League next year is is a is a great achievement for our club. It's brilliant. I mean, Danny, you can relate to this. You've you've won European trophy, of course. Mm. You've lost in a final mm. with Fulham. You know what this experience must be like for Kevin, well, especially I, I, at this stage in your career, mate. As well, not from a coaching point of view, I don't. But I, I know I understand the mentality of when you're in something together fans, players, staff, that it becomes enormous because it's memories, it, it's it's success at your level where you're at. You know, what, it's all you can win, the competitions you're in. And those fans will remember it for the rest of their lives and the, yourself and the players. It, it's not so... It is relevant what competition it is, of course. But I remember, you know, being... I wouldn't say criticised, but people having a joke saying it's only UEFA Cup, Europa League, whatever it was. 
And yeah, I want to play in the Champions League, but they're still two of the best memories of my career. Yeah. You know, and that's the same, that's what happened with the West Ham boys. And, and the other big thing as well, if you wanted to progress as a footballer, being in the Europa League again next season, for a lot of the West Ham players, because they're not all superstar internationals, there's a lot of young players there who are trying to develop as well. It gives everybody the chance to, to become more experienced and grow as a team and a club by being in Europe again. Because what's that now, third year, Ryan? Fourth year, Ryan? Yeah, that'll be the... Yeah, it's yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Kevin, why did we see two West Hams, though? The West Ham in mm. Europe that went all the way and the West Ham in the Premier League that made heavy weather of it and just survived? Well, I think, you know, the, we, we had a, a lot of turnaround in, in the summer last year and we didn't get players until certain times, you know, and bringing all them players. And a lot of them hadn't... hadn't been or have been established in the Premier League, if you like, or they've not tasted the Premier League. Premier League's a total different. Daniel Tay is totally different to European football or anything else. Them lads had experienced European football, but they wouldn't have experienced Premier League football, and it's totally different. And the turnaround from a Thursday to a Sunday is so difficult mm. with the lads. It's a two-day turnaround, and you've got to think. Sometimes you're getting back at one o'clock in the morning. It, you know, sometimes you're staying over to travel back on the Friday. So mixing all that in with new lads and trying to get a camaraderie as well as having a World Cup slap bang in the middle yeah, of it all yeah. was so difficult yeah. in terms of trying to get the lads to gel and, and and trying to find some rhythm with the boys. Did you ever doubt that West Ham would survive in the Premier League? Privately, no. did you ever have a moment to yourself when you thought, geez, oh, this might be beyond us? No, no I, I've got to be honest, I didn't. I really didn't. I, I always believed that we had enough quality within the squad and what we had within the building that yeah. it, we would be okay. Yeah, I didn't think it was ever going to be easy. Because, as I said, the Premier League isn't easy, but did I doubt it? Not, did not you for ever one doubt minute. them, Simon? Was no. there a moment you thought, this is the time they're going to drop? No, not really, because of because of David, because mm. I think David is a top-draw manager. I, I did think that the way that the conversation was framed at the time, because there was a lot of West Ham fans pouring in saying that the European competitions are masking the domestic seasons. They masked them in the Europa League, and they masked them this season. And I made the point, which West Ham fans corrected me, was, well, if you get relegated, winning a European trophy is going to be of scant consolation to you because you're going to be playing in a championship league that no one really wants to play in if you've been in the Premier League and I got corrected by West Ham fans saying well actually we would actually so I had to wind it in a little bit but I didn't think so I saw David at uh, a speech that we he and I did uh, in about April March April and I did feel he looked a little bit off balance but I didn't think that West Ham would get relegated because I know that David and his coaching staff... That's probably because he's done a 24-hour stint, so, Simon. Maybe. <laughs> no, Maybe. truthfully, he works so hard. Maybe. And, you know, and that's you know shown me because it's different as a player. You, you turn up, mm. you get yourself ready, you go have your breakfast, you know, someone tells you to come and have a massage, do this, do that, whatever get yourself home then we have another four or five six hours after that you know and David at the time was just you know the boss he's relentless. He is like relentless within within that so I, I think you know when obviously it's when it's going well everything seems so of breezy course. and everything but when it's when it's not so <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that's what it was really the Kev, was there a, was, yeah, that was the end result wasn't it yeah, yeah. I, I agree yeah. with you. I, obviously I know what Moisey does and how good he is and, and the methods he does it but do you think was there a time as a coaching staff when there was the bad results there was a bit discontent with the fans and you know in terms of get on the front foot more have a go more because he's got a way of playing yeah. like Roy, Roy yeah. did when I was yeah. with him Ulier did it's just some managers have different ways was there much discussion about maybe changing a little bit or was it he's just single minded this is how we're going to play well I think when we obviously brought all the new players in I think it was trying to find something which is going to help them and trying to suit them instead of no listen this is what I want and I want you to develop under me with be behind the structure of what he wants yeah. and I feel that this year we'll see more of a a positive side of the lads in terms of but being 
solid in the foundations of what what David Moyes yeah. wants, but knowing what he wants, and I think at first it was sort of, does he want that or does he want this? And I think it, with the obviously the, the a lot of the foreigner lads, they found it difficult to see. Well, this is actually what he wants. Mm. And we've got to build from that. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23.